Vision for El Paso podcast is sponsored by Amerigroup, your partner for a healthier life, and the El Paso Community Foundation for good, for El Paso, forever. Welcome to Vision for El Paso podcast. Hello, Mike D, and welcome to Vision for El Paso podcast. Very excited about today's guest. We have Eleanor Caldwell, and I don't want to mess up the the exact uh, title. So uh, if you could share with us your title and organization, please. I am with the El Paso Council of the Blind. It's an affiliate of the American Council of the Blind. And through El Paso Council of the Blind, I have been immediate past president. And right now, I'm vice president. Perfect. Um, Share with us a couple of the events that you hold for the El Paso and surrounding communities. We do a lot of outreach. And uh, we do um, uh, the DC Braille for badges. We do fundraising. We have hospitality committees. We have internet access. Um, We do independent living skills. Um, We try to teach the blind and visually impaired community that their life is different, but can still be just as rewarding and just as much fun and just as enriched as it was before. Tell me about your journey, how uh, you became connected with this organization. I was diagnosed with macular degeneration in 2006, and um, I was very worried about it, but I wasn't too concerned because my grandmother and my mother both had macular degeneration and they were watching television and reading the newspaper well into their 80s. However, my macular degeneration deteriorated a lot faster. And so I called the Texas Workforce Commission and asked for advice. One of their counselors came to see me, and we spoke a little bit. I was interviewed, and he said I wasn't quite ready to um, have their help at that time, but he did leave me a packet. And inside that packet, there was a piece of paper that said, are you losing your vision? Are you worried? Are you anxious? Are you scared? Do you need someone to talk to? If so, call this number. And so I called that number, and I ended up speaking to Mary Alice Gary, the treasurer of the El Paso Council of the Blind. And she was just so welcoming and just gave me so much information and um, just helped me to feel a little bit more at ease about what I was going through. And so I got more information about the El Paso Council of the Blind, and I went to their first meeting, and I met all of these people who were blind or were in the process of losing their vision. And I felt very comfortable. And I decided I wanted to join that group and learn as much as I could. Wow. And it's incredible that that you were able to to connect and, and now be such an important part of this organization. Because in my journey, uh, I, I have RP and I remember waking up some mornings and you had a little less sight and I would negotiate with myself. Well, I can still do this, this, and this with this amount of sight. And 
and then a little time would go by and I'd lose a little bit more and I'd have to cross a few things off that list. So I thought, and I'd have to renegotiate. Uh, so every time you have to make that adjustment, it, it's a, a lot like emotionally and, and sometimes even physically. So to have uh, an organization like yours, where you can talk to somebody who's going through it, somebody who's gone through it, uh, and, and they're at different states. And that is, is just really important for, for a lot of reasons. They were a huge support. And so now I want to give back. And uh, that's why I've remained a member of the El Paso Council of the Blind. Now, you also do uh, some technology training for, for people that qualify that, that may want to, to learn some, some more technology skills also? Yes, we call it iPad Camp for students. And then we have iPad Camp for adults. And this, these camps are for people who are losing their vision or who have lost their vision. And uh, we just teach them um, how to type on the computer, how to use the internet. Um, we teach them the different apps that are available to us now that are free and extremely helpful. And unfortunately, because of COVID, we haven't been able to have our iPad camps. However, Region 19 is having a summer camp for blind and visually impaired students, and they have allowed us to um, use one of their days at camp to um, work with the students. So we're excited about that. This is good. I was like, um, because I, I think a lot of people don't realize uh, that something as simple as an iPad or an iPhone can change the trajectory of of. Uh, someone who's visually impaired as far as communicating with themselves. Here's uh, the numbers that I've got. These are the contacts. This is the information I need to store instead of trying to memorize and, and remember everything. Uh, and then the apps that are available, for example, Be My Eyes would be a, an app that at no charge allows you to connect to a volunteer that can that can connect almost like you were using FaceTime and they would they could give you the information you need. This is uh, whether the color of clothing or trying to go through uh, some paperwork or read a sign or something that somebody who cited would not think twice about. Just being part of that camp and opening those doors is really important because it makes you ask, what else? What else is there that I could learn about and, and how can I... I push my boundaries to learn as much as I can. It's, it's really helpful to have those, um, those apps that are available to us, which allow us to do just about anything. Actually, um, I'm not going to be driving a car anytime soon or flying an airplane, but other than that, you know, we can do a lot with the apps that are available and you're absolutely right. There are several of them that are free. All you have to do is download them on your smart device and, um, uh, they're available to you. This camp is also very important. Uh, we had uh, on a previous show, we spoke to Mr. Richard Torres from Region 19. And it's just having somebody for the visually impaired community. And it doesn't matter your age, but uh, just knowing that uh, if there's something that you want to do, something as simple as bowling or fishing or, or going to the mall, it's testing those limits and finding out that that you're going to be able to go out there and do those things and have a successful outing these things are important because uh, I've so many times I'll I will receive calls 
with uh, somebody that's looking for advice about organizations like yours, where like, what else is there out there? Uh, because they have someone with a visual impairment and they've been sheltered. They've kept them at home because they thought that they were protecting them. And unfortunately, they were at home so long that they didn't learn how to travel independently and they didn't learn how to uh, be curious and, and push those limits. And now they're trying to find those resources like, well, how do how do we you know get out there and how do we test those limits? And it's as simple as sitting down, making a list. What are the things that I would like to do on my own? And and then going to organizations like yours and saying, give me give me help. Give point me in the right directions on how to do these things. That's what we do, and uh, we're constantly getting referrals from different places, and we'll call these people, and uh, they'll be very despondent very depressed and uh, and many of them have been sitting at home doing absolutely nothing because they don't think they can do anything and we show them that there's a whole new world out there that will open up for them if they want to come and join us and we'd be happy to help them out or we'll help them over the phone whatever they're comfortable with many people are not comfortable with their vision loss um, they feel embarrassed. They don't want to use a white cane. Um, and so we normalize that for them. As a matter of fact, one of our guest speakers at our meeting this month is going to give us some um, tips on how to use a white cane. So many of us already do use white canes, but there are some of us who feel uncomfortable with it still. And so I think this is going to be a great opportunity for them. No, this is great. Uh, mm -hmm. I lost my a large portion of my eyesight when I was in high school, but I refused to use the white cane because I told myself, if you use a white cane, then you're you're visually impaired. Uh, so I, I I bumped into things a lot and I tripped a lot. And uh, but everybody, uh, if you have visual impairment where you eventually need a white cane, will at their own pace decide. You know, this is the tool that's gonna help me move forward. And I, I think, I honestly believe that the more people with visual impair, impairments that get out uh, and are seen by by the side community uh, will really help help each other out because uh, the more we're out there, the side of community will say like, oh, okay, we'll, we'll learn like, oh, you know, how to approach someone that's uh, visual impaired and say, uh, can I help you with anything? Uh, is there anything I can help you with? Or are uh, or even the staring, because even though I can't see the people, I could I could walk into a room and the the room would get quiet because people are staring like, oh man, is he going to bump into something? What's he going to do? And yeah, I'm I'm just living it. life. Uh -huh. <laughs> but mm -hmm. but it happens it happens a lot. So I yes. I think uh, just some of the the events that that your organization holds allows uh, not only the people with visual impairments to. To, to get out and be seen, but also helps the side of community to, to help understand, uh, because I've, I've been in situations where, uh, and, and I think it's happened to a lot of people where people will do the speaking a lot louder, um, or, uh, or they'll speak to whoever's standing next to you. Exactly. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I try not to get frustrated, but it, it, I'll, I'll admit that's the one where if uh, I was to walk up and it happens at the airport a lot to me, I don't know why I'll walk up to that's the ticket counter. Yes. Mm -hmm. And they'll turn the look around you to the person next to you and ask them, does she, is she going to be flying by herself? 
and and you're like, uh, and of course, my my response is usually sarcastic. I'll be like, uh, you know, I can hear you, <laughs> or I'll turn to the person next to me. And I'm like, can you tell them that I said yes? I'll be flying by myself. Um, but then it, it's a teachable moment. That then I'll, I'll actually take the time and and I'll try to. It was like, look, it, I can hear you. I was like, if you have questions about my visual impairment please ask me because I don't want the next person that has a visual impairment that comes here have to do the same thing I just did. Right. That's what I tell people. You know, we, as an educator, you know, I'm, I just, I'm an innate educator. Every one of us with a white cane or with a guide dog is an educator because people are watching us. And um, I think it's very important to spread that word that we're just like everybody else. And one of our outreach programs that we're going to do this year is talking to family members of people who are visually impaired and uh, talking to them about the protocol of how, how you help someone who's visually impaired or things, what to say, what not to say to someone who's visually impaired. For example, if you ask a blind or visually impaired person, what's this? Um, we don't know what you're talking about. And so it's, it's a little bit frustrating, but it's just a matter of teaching people, just educating them. True. And that, that's exact. Oh, I can't wait to, to hear about that program as, as you talk to these families, because um, there's certain people that instantly get it. And then there's other people that um, it's not that they're trying to be insensitive or rude. They're, they, it just hasn't clicked yet. Um, and the, and unfortunately, for some reason, it hasn't clicked at the airport. You'll get the third person, but eventually it will, it will click. Um, but it's, uh, it's getting that education out there and, yeah. and that awareness. And that's why we go into the schools also to educate the students. That's another one of our projects where we'll be going into schools and hopefully have an all day set up so that teachers can bring their children in, uh, maybe for an hour at a time, different classes. And we teach them how to walk with someone who has a white cane, or we let them try out the white cane, or we teach them how to read, how we read, how we watch television, how we enjoy movies, and things that normally people don't think about. It's true. So, yeah. No, as, and, it's fun. And pushing those boundaries, but having mm -hmm. the people around you help help you push those boundaries because... yes. Um, I've had a conversation with an uh, orientation mobility instructor uh, that has gone through the process of teaching a student how to get around the school and, and how to get to their classes. But inevitably, on the way to class, the student will be stopped by educators and they'll say, what are you doing by yourself? And and they're they're just trying to get to class by themselves, believe it or not. Like mm -hmm. she she or he can travel by themselves. Um, but it's everybody else that's getting in the way, stopping them, like, oh no, no, stay right here. I'm gonna get somebody to guide you. And the, they already know how to get there. They just need people to understand that sometimes it's like it's it's okay to ask, do you need any help? But don't don't impede someone's progress in Don't insist they, on helping. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, so that's, that's always interesting, but I, I get it. I was like, as, as adults, you want to help kids and you want to, but over helping has the opposite effect. Yeah. If, mm -hmm. um, somebody's listening who it just, they've never worked with or interacted with someone with a visual impairment, what's one piece of advice that you would give that person? I would say, um, ask us questions. We'd love to answer your questions. We'd love to help you understand 
what our lives are like. And we will not be offended by any means if, if we know someone is sincerely asking questions that they have in their mind about blindness or visual impairment or how we get around. We would love to answer those questions. That makes so much sense. If, if, if I think if people would ask more questions, I think I know my life would probably be a little bit easier. I've I've been uh, waiting in a lobby and somebody thought that my folded cane, because a cane will traditionally fold into four pieces. Um, they thought I was a drummer. So they thought they were drumsticks <laughs> and they insisted I was a part of a band. I've been at a nightclub where I had my cane folded in my back pocket as I was dancing and I was promptly picked out of the crowd by two bouncers that uh, took me out to an alley because they thought they were nunchucks. Um, but we got free drinks the rest of the evening. Um, <laughs> and I've even almost been, well, I've been detained because a cane folded in half apparently looks like a pair of bolt cutters. Uh, so I was detained until they assessed that I had not uh, broken into anything and then realized that it was uh, a folding cane instead of a pair of bolt cutters. So uh, I think if in in all those situations, if people would have asked, it would have been less awkward and uh, and and not become a situation. But that that's everyday life for someone who's who's visually impaired. Uh, as far as uh, fundraisers for your organizations, what because uh, it's such a a worthy organization, what kind of fundraisers do you all have, or how can people support your organization? Well, uh, every October there is El Paso Giving Day, and we're always registered for that. Um, we don't have the date right now, but if you uh, kind of notice that they will start being announced, the El Paso Giving Day, and um, we do accept donations that way. Um, we also have a member of our organization who is a fantastic baker, and he sells donuts and homemade bread and infused olive oils anytime we have um, a sale. Um, sometimes you'll see us at different uh, shopping malls and uh, we, where we do awareness. And he'll set up his wonderful, delicious goods that he has. So that's one of our fundraisers. This For the past couple of months, we've had a Father's Day drawing. For a $10 donation, um, you can get a raffle ticket for a um, custom-made cooler, which holds about a little over a case of sodas, um, and it's made out of an oil drum, but the person who makes them will custom paint it to whatever the winner would like on it. Oh, wow. So, does, does this hold beer also, or just sodas? Only sodas. Oh, okay. <laughs> It'll hold anything you want it to hold. <laughs> that is, and uh, is there a website or a phone number if people will, uh, want to donate where they can call and, and get a hold of you or want to buy uh, raffle tickets or find out where the next uh, pop-up location will be for these baked goods? Okay, let's see. Our website is El Paso Council of the org. That's our current website. And then we have a phone number, area code 915. Two seven two three three nine two, and if you have any other questions, you can also call nine one five five six six four three four six. Now, for these technology classes, you work off of iPhones or or iPads. We were given a grant where we were able to purchase iPads, 
And uh, so we use the iPads, but as you know, the, the apps are very similar to the phone. And so if the students learn how to use the, the apps on the iPad, they can easily transfer that knowledge to their smartphones. Okay. And do you take donations of uh, Apple iOS devices or or even donations of uh, Apple certificates? If someone says, you know, well, you know, I have this Apple certificate and I'm not going to use it or I'd like to donate it. Do you take those types of donations? Absolutely. We'll take those donations. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I've, and I always think cause, uh, there's a lot of people that will open their, their purse or their wallet and you have all those gift cards that you're like, oh, I've had this for a year or whatever. I was like, and this is an organization that I will definitely put uh, on certificate for for the apple store to to really good use that would um, be great because we do a lot of outreach and and yeah we'd we'd love to have those donations and people are, and the the great part about these devices is uh apple has worked hard to make them accessible for people who are driving so they don't have to look at the device and the side effect of that is it's become very friendly for the visually impaired community uh so that way you, uh, the device speaks to you you can speak to the device and then once again some some of the apps that uh that are, are game changers as far as uh waiting for someone to come home to look at something or to they it's as simple as couple of clicks and a volunteer uh, pops on the screen and they ask you what they can help you with. Uh, and I'll admit, I'm, I've used it, uh, the Be My Eyes app for cooking, for uh, building something. And, and I need someone to decipher some, some wires because I'm wiring something. Uh, and it's always interesting because the volunteer will connect and I'll, I'll finish connecting and they'll, they'll ask, can, can I stay on the line and, and see you plug this in? Because... I want, I want to see if we got it right. And all of a sudden they're on your team. Like, okay, mm -hmm. let's cross our fingers, plug it in. Okay, we're good. And and they're excited about it. And um, and it gives, you're able to help the volunteers know that what they're doing for you is, is successful and they help you get it that task accomplished. And that's just a tiny bit of um, the things that can be offered to someone that's, that's visually website. impaired. That's a I use that a lot too. I also use Seeing AI. Have you used that one? Tell me about Seeing AI. Seeing AI is also a free app, and that will read short text to you. It'll read uh, documents. It reads product codes. It reads money. It'll tell you what currency you're holding. It doesn't do coins, but it, it will tell you paper money. It'll, it'll identify the paper money. It'll tell you whether your lights are on or off. And it's just, it, it also has a color identifier, but then that depends a lot on the lighting. On the lighting. Mm -hmm. But all of those other things, oh, it does handwriting too. It also reads handwriting. Oh, wow. So that, you know, when I get a greeting card or something, I, I use my Seeing AI app and it'll read the little message that people write to me. Mm -hmm. And and these all these are all things that a lot of people um, who are not visually impaired may not understand. But uh, it's a simple. I've had uh, like somebody come over to repair something in the house, and I don't have all the lights on because I don't need the lights on because I don't have I don't even have light perception. Uh, when you invite a stranger into like you know come on in, it's like they're kind of leery because you're sitting in a dark house and they're like oh you know what I'm good I'll wait out here. Uh, but with an app like that would let you know you know hey you need to turn on the lights and mm -hmm. and you know, and you may not even need a repair person because they could have told you, you know, hey, this device isn't lit up, it's not plugged in, or uh, so. Um, right. This changes a lot of things in your life, but uh, something 
as as simple as starting with one of your classes can lead to all those apps and and knowing about those things because obviously the, the more you know um, the more options you have yeah. uh, so i i thank you for volunteering and putting putting in all those hours and uh and and you're doing this just out of your your own time and saying you know how how can i help they helped me and how can i i give back if um you were able to to give somebody uh, some direction and guidance that's uh at the beginning of stages where you were getting that packet with those pamphlets and trying to figure out what your next step was going to be what would you tell them i would say give us a call and we will help you in any way that we can. We're here to help and uh, we've been where you are and um, we know what you're going through. We know what your family is going through and um, we're here to help you get past that. Thank you for your positivity. Thank you for your energy. I really appreciate you coming in. We're going to have links right at the bottom, uh, Vision for El Paso on our website and right here on this podcast. Uh, And I just, I love what you guys are doing. Keep it up and uh, thanks for coming by. Thanks so much. It was a pleasure. This episode of Vision for El Paso was brought to you by Amerigroup and the El Paso Community Foundation. For more information on our sponsors, please visit our show notes.